This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. I want to talk about a Shiloh that I was asked by a few people before Sukkot. Um, many people go away for the first days. They come home for Cholomite in the second days. They want to know, can they build a Sukkot on Cholomite? They don't have time before, especially this year. The weather wasn't great, so a lot of people wanted to know, can they come home today and build a sukkah on Cholomite? So the Gemara addresses this question. The Gemara has a machlokis, Tanakam, and Abeliezer, and Daf, Chavzayin, and Sukkah, whether or not there's a din, you need to have a sukkah that's there all shiva. You've got to use the exact same sukkah for all seven days. Cholikis, Tanakam, and Abeliezer, we don't pass like Abeliezer, we pass like the Tanakam, but the Gemara says, Vishav, and they both agree, She'im nafloy, that if the sukkah fell down, you'll have to rebuild it on Cholomite. And that's the way it's the Paskin and Shochan Arach, Semitophresh Lamed Zayn, Sefalf, the Machaba Paskins, Mishli also Sukkah, Bein Bishoigi, Bein Amazin. Says the Shochan Arach, it doesn't matter why you didn't build a Sukkah. Either because you didn't have time or the weather, or you Bemezid, deliberately. And Mr. Bruce speaks out, what's the Chiddush of Bemezid? Maybe you think we should knas the guy, we should penalize him. We have sometimes rules that we want to make sure you do things before that uh, we don't allow you to do it later, says the Shulchan Aruch, no. If for whatever reason you don't build the sukkah, you could build it on Yom Tif. Says the Shulchan Aruch, you could build it on a Cholomite, no problem. So, Halach Maisa, if a person didn't build his... Or again, even if he planned not to build his sukkah, because he cheshmin, that won't be home, I won't need it, no problem, he could build it on a Cholomite without a problem. What is a little tricky is the Berhalach. The Berhalach quotes a Chiddush from the Mama Mordechai. The Mama Mordechai says, when the Shulchan Aruch says you could build a sukkah on a Cholomite, it doesn't mean from scratch. Doesn't mean you take out the walls or you start building the walls and put up the schach. It means everything was there. All you did was put up the schach. That's the whole chiddush. The whole din is when you're building what's called a dira, uh, a binyan aray, a temporary building. That's motor cholamoy. But if you're going to build a binyan kava, you're going to start with the walls and the whole shebang. That you can't do on cholamoy. And the bar halach is very, very bothered by this psach. The bar halach is absolutely not true. You see from the gemara. The gemara says v'shavin shenaflu. What does it mean to fell? That the sukkah fell it means it's it's in pieces. Like many people's sukkah looked on Friday after the rainstorm. It's done, finished. You got to start from the beginning. So the Mishnah does not agree with the Mama Motchai whatsoever. He thinks you can start from scratch, build up from the beginning on Cholamite. So Allah Cholamite is the most achrayin masum like the Mishnah That if a person wants to start from scratch today, tomorrow, building a sukkah, no such problem. However, they do bring down from Rev Moshe Feinstein and Mishlei Mizaman Orbach. You should try if you could, to do it in what's called a Maise Hedyit, instead of a Maise Uman. We know when it comes to Cholomoid, because at the end of the day, it's still Cholomoid, and there is restrictions of Cholomoid. So even though Me'ikar Adin, it's motor to build. Like the Shulchan Aruch says, you're allowed to do certain malachas on Cholomoid, like uh, write yourself tefillin, or uh, make yourself tzitzis. But Rav Moshe and Rav Shlom Zaman both felt that you can limit the amount of malach involved if you could do it in a Maise uh, Hedjit versus a Maisa Uman. Now, I'm not an expert sukkah builder. I can't even build a sukkah myself. So you got to know what's a Maisa Uman and what's a Maisa Hedjit when it comes to building a sukkah. Right? You know, uh, someone might argue every sukkah is really a Maisa Hedjit because many people do it themselves. You don't need a professional to build a sukkah. So maybe every sukkah put together the way we have it with some screws or nails is by definition a Maisa Hedjit. So it's hard to know what they meant by build it as a Maisa Hedjit versus a Maisa Uman. But that is what many Achrenim do bring down. So again, if you're going to build a very professional sukkah, Maybe that shouldn't be built on Cholomite, just this typical standard sukkah that can get you through the rest of Yom Tif. They quote from the Bukuri Yankov. The Bukuri Yankov says, let's say, for example, a person is making a bris 
over sukkah, so he needs to extend the sukkah. He could do that also. That's also motor to do, even though you can argue, what do you mean? You have a sukkah. You don't need a sukkah. You want a bigger sukkah? So the Bikuri Yankov says that if there's a tzairich, you can even extend the sukkah as well. Rabbi Olban has a tshuva in his Minchas Chain, where he talks about this, and he also quotes this psaq from Rav Moshe, that Rav Moshe held that you really should try to limit the creativity that you do in your sukkah, make it a maisa hedge instead of a maisa uman. And then he brings up an interesting question that people ask about also, also in the gay this year. Let's say you go somewhere, let's say you go, a lot of people, I get the shout, people go upstate, and they go upstate for the first days, and they come home for the rest of the umtif. They don't want to leave the sukkah upstate, they want to take the sukkah down and bring it home with them. Are you allowed to take down a sukkah on Cholomite? So, if you can't build a sukkah, then you're not allowed to take one down. Binyan and Stira, they're the opposite. Not always, but usually they go hand in hand. So if there's an issue of building a sukkah, and I'm only allowed to build a sukkah because I needed the Tzarek Mitzvah, what's the Tzarek to take down the sukkah? So would I be allowed to take down a sukkah? Let's say a person's only home for the first days, and he's going away for the rest of the Yomtev. So he comes home today, he wants to take down the sukkah. Why does he need the sukkah up for a bunch of days? He takes the sukkah down today. So l'chayr, there's two issues with taking down a sukkah. Issue number one is it's chalamoid and it might be considered stira, it might be considered a malacha. Issue number two, the parties can raise is that you're belittling the kedushas sukkah. This sukkah has kedusha. By taking it down, you might be belittling its kedusha. So many achreidim write, and this is what Rabbi Olam writes in his tshuva as well. They say if there's a tzayrich, if there's a need. Meaning, you can argue that, you know, traveling back to the city to have to travel back to the mountains after sukkahs to put down your sukkah might be enough of a need. But they write, but just make sure you don't mezalzo the kedushas hadefanois and the schach because it still has kedushas sukkah. So you want to make sure you don't throw it into the fire if you're trying to build a barbecue or something, which again, most of us don't do. We put it back in our garage and it's no problem. So Allah there is makam to be make of a person wants to take down a sukkah. If he has a tzairich, you have to know what a tzairich is. What's a pressing reason? Just because, you know, it bothers you because it sits in your backyard or because you really feel it doesn't need why you need to take it down. So there is makam to be make of to take down the sukkah. And Rabbi Oban brings an interesting riot. He says, why don't any of the paiskim who talk about taking down a sukkah tie in it to a problem of stira? They only talk about the fact that you're being, you might be taking away from Kedusha Sukkah. What about Stira? So he says, you see from here, that for whatever reason, it's not an issue of Stira. But Lamaisa, the Paiskim, urge that a person should only take down the Sukkah if there's a reason. A pressing need, a Tzairich, again, you have to figure out what a Tzairich is, that's when a person should take down the Sukkah. So all the portable Sukkahs are made to be taken from place to place. Okay, so you got you to work with those. Assuming that that's not a problem. And that's, that, that's, no, so those are not really mu- not much of a mice opinion of it. He pops up and uh, you're good to go. Right? Many people have this thing, I don't understand where it comes from, where they sleep in the sukkah the first two nights, and the rest of sukkahs they sleep in the house. I don't exactly understand where it comes from. It says in the Torah, If you eat in the sukkah for seven days, then you should sleep in the sukkah for seven days. If you don't sleep in the sukkah because you hold of the coolers of the Ramah, I don't know what's different about the first two nights. The only thing I could suggest maybe is that they, they try it. You know, they see how much they can toughen it, how much they can handle the, the brave the elements, and after two nights they throw in the towel, they say they can't do it. Someone called me last night, he wanted to know, he always was in a place where he wasn't allowed to sleep outside, his family members didn't let him. Now he was away where a place where he could sleep outside. He wants to know, is he, should he sleep outside? I don't know. Are you a guy who likes to go outside and sleep under, go on uh, hiking trips and sleep outside under the moon? And all of a sudden you don't want to sleep in your sukkah? I'm not so sure if there's such a big difference. Now again, putting aside neighborhoods and dangerous things which we spoke about in the past. But as far as actual halacha, sleeping outside the sukkah doesn't change between the first two nights and the rest of Cholomite. Neither does eating. 
right? I was just talking to someone before I came here today. He wanted, what does he need to do to be yaitz to the midst of eating in the sukkah chalamai? There is no such mitzvah to eat in the sukkah chalamai. You only have to eat in the sukkah the first two nights, and the rest of chalamai, if you want to go on a diet now, till Shminat Teres, of only non-required uh, foods in the sukkah, you could do so. But if you decide to go into the sukkah, then you have to eat the certain foods in the sukkah. Now, I'm not going to get into it now because it's, it's late already, but it's because I always remind ourselves that I, I, I feel often that throughout sukkahs, people make a lot of bracha shein etzrichas. A lot of people are very quick to make a leisha besukkah. When I'll be they may not need a leisha besukkah. Guy goes in the morning, he goes into the sukkah, he takes a cookie, he makes a leisha besukkah. The pastor says, that's a bracha shein etzricha. You don't make a bracha on, on one cookie that you eat. There's a shear how much you have to eat in order to be in the sukkah. I did a whole tumor. We didn't talk about it this year. We talked about it in previous years. Havdalah last night. A lot of people have a practice that when they make Havdalah last night, they make a leishev and they bring out cookies afterwards so this way they're giving it more of a kivias. It's a whole discussion in the Paiskim. How do you justify making a leishev a sukkah just on yayin? Pashas of the Shulchan Aruch is yayin doesn't need a leishev a sukkah. But let's say a person goes into the sukkah, he has his cup of coffee and he has a cookie. No, there's no reason to make a leisure. Maybe you want to go do it in the sukkah. Not a bad idea. Maybe if you're having a party, you're having a chabura, the whole family sitting around the table eating cookies, okay, maybe then you could justify leisure. Maybe if you're going to sit in the sukkah for an hour, you could justify leisure. But I see a lot of people, it's very nice, they're very macabre. Now, that cookie doesn't have to be in the sukkah either. person can eat a cookie outside the sukkah. That's a moto 100%. The minute is that people make havdal in the sukkah, yes. Even though, I, I rather don't make a leisure when I make havdal. I don't make a leisure, but the minute is in Kalei, so everyone, Shmuel Vazna has a tshuva, he talks about a funny case, about a lady who was pregnant, and it was very hard for her to get to the sukkah, so he said, no, the minute is we always make Havdol in the sukkah, the lady has to come here and in the sukkah. But I'll be Allah, and you could discuss it a little bit. But a cookie you can eat outside the sukkah, there's no problem. So again, it's very noble if you eat in the sukkah, I have no problem, but I'm not so sure you should make a leisure of the sukkah. You just have to be careful. We should just think twice before whether or not what we're eating requires a leisure. If you're going to sit down and have a, a half a pack of cookies, gavaldic, not healthy, but okay, maybe. If you're going to sit down and have bread, you're going to eat more than, even again, even if you eat less than a kebeya pas, you don't have to make a leisure of the sukkah. There's a chiddush from the Bikuri Yankah. Most Paiskim don't paskin like him. The Bikri Yaakov has a chap. He says, let's say the shear of eating kebab, uh, pas that needs a sukkah is a kebeya. So he says, let's say you eat it in small increments, larger than the time of kadeh achilas pas. So he paskins, you don't need to sit in the sukkah. So if you eat a bagel, you eat a whole bagel, but you eat it so slowly that you never consumed more than a kebeya's worth within two to nine minutes, you put them in a sukkah. So he writes to Bikri Yaakov. Many achreidim disagree, but that's a, a chap from the Bikri Yaakov I, I told someone once who was traveling, and I told him, I didn't you put him in a sukkah because Hoyche Drachim. The guy told me he feels so guilty, whatever. Okay, so I told him, do this. Spread it out this way according to the Bikuriyanka. You're not having sukkah at all, even though we don't really pass him like this Bikuriyanka. But in any case, if a person eats a small amount of the bread, he also doesn't need to eat it in the sukkah. Especially cookies and cakes, you have to eat a significant amount of Yichayv and Sukkah. So again, if you go to the Sukkah, I think it's beautiful, it's fantastic. But I think we just have to be a little bit more careful with the brachas because we could be running ourselves into a shaila of an Isidaraisa. Many Rishayim hold a bracha Shayitzmichas and Isidaraisa. So it doesn't make sense to be machmir of, uh, on a bracha when it could potentially be a problem of a Savagisidaraisa and a bracha Shayitzmichas. Yeah? Can you start 